Through many births, I have wandered on and on, searching for, but never finding, better deal than 0% APR on certified pre-owned vehicles. For trucks tougher than a drunk marine come to Mike's Pre-Owned, where we do the things that get things done. This is Pixelated Playgrounds, a gaming book club podcast discussing the art and craft of video games. I'm Josh Galecki. And I'm Brian Skersha. And today, we're talking about The Looker, developed and published by Bradley Lovell, a.k.a. Subcreation Studios. It was released to Steam on June 17th of 2022, and this is a game where spoilers are everything. So we will be talking about this game, a.k.a. spoilers. So... Just go play this game. It's free. Takes about 90 minutes max. Not that hard to get through either. Although there were a couple of puzzles that I did have to think more than I first thought I would. We'll get into some of that later on. Absolutely. So let's set it up right away because I think this is a game that requires a bit of context. Um, Namely, The Witness. Um, Jonathan Blow, so the witness to be exact. So uh, Jonathan Blow, as many may be aware, is uh, the creator of Braid, one of the very prominent early indie success stories, uh, you know, time reversal platformer, and then The Witness, which he released several years later to great critical acclaim and a lot of development time. Um, although there was also a bit of a backlash to The Witness, given that it was uh, seen to be a bit... Uh, What's the word? Highfalutin? Perhaps? Highfalutin <laughs> is a good word. Pretentious could be another one. Um, I do remember I read a review of The Witness at the time that was dunking on it for being like a um, a meditation theme park was, I think, what they called it. And then the funny part was <laughs> you get to the end of The Witness and it's like these game developers trying to build a meditation theme park. So I'll always remember that critique. There was like, just to, you know, they didn't play enough of it, I think. Yeah, I mean, I guess that reviewer or uh, critic got it right on the head. But yeah, so, boy, that's interesting. Uh, Yeah, Jonathan Blow is an interesting character who, in the years since the development of Braid and The Witness, has gained a bit of notoriety as, uh, I don't know, a bit of an oddball, a bit of a uh, iconoclast, um, a bit of a jerk i don't know there's a lot of things that people associate with jonathan blow i'm not a super huge fan myself so i'm just gonna leave it there and not too much or talk too much about him because uh we're talking about a game that's dunking on his game which is uh you know the more important thing here has he had any games since the witness no i I do not believe so i think he was working on like some sort of software project like a, a game compiler or some sort of engine thing um you know Jonathan Blow is obviously an extremely intelligent individual, um, but, you know, to your point, uh, The Witness is the last commercial product released. Okay, that's the last thing I kind of know about him, so if there haven't been any controversies or anything since, uh, I am blissfully unaware. (laughs) We'll just leave it at that then. Um, (laughs) (laughs) No spoilers for me, thank you. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. No, I mean, he's had a, a few, like, stepping in piles of shit on Twitter, uh, you know, running his mouth about... Uh, oh, he, do- he so he's doing Twitter things. Okay. Yeah, you know, just gaffes on Twitter, or uh, gaffes on X, or what was Twitter at the time that he made them. Uh, at any rate, that's neither here nor there. Um, this game is a parody of The Witness, which, as you said, has a reputation uh, a bit, uh, being a very sort of nuts-and-bolts puzzle game, a game that Jonathan Blow sort of put up there as the distillation of um, mechanical puzzle-solving, and then wrapped it in a bunch of philosophical mumbo-jumbo, and this game just tries its best to take the piss out of all of that. (laughs) And they do such a good job with it, too. Like, um down from the very environment you start off in. You start off in the same tunnel where you have to unlock doors by kind of just completing puzzles. Um, A key thing to point out here is that the witness and the looker after it are both very panel-based in their puzzles. You come up, you see this giant TV screen, and you click on it, and a puzzle appears. In the witness, they had all sorts of crazy cool, like, puzzle themes and mechanics that you'd have to learn. And they did a great way of teaching you these mechanics by giving you a series of puzzles panels next to each other that each introduced a complication uh, to kind of show you where the mechanic was doing and what it was doing. Um, And then once you learn all the complications, you can start um, going back and finding older puzzle panels where you had no idea what it meant and then you can pass those puzzle panels. Uh, The Looker also takes this idea of the puzzle panels, and um, I I think it's really cool what it does, because its puzzle is just a maze. There's the start, there's the end, and you just have to draw a line between them. Yep, it's always just basically a placemat children's puzzle. But there, (laughs) there are interesting iterations there. Um, so to your point, like the thing about the witness is like it endlessly iterated on a very simple idea of a puzzle. This also does that. Um, but you know, I think before we get into this game's mechanics and how it succeeds, at least from my perspective as a satire of the witness, let's talk a little bit about two things. One, let's talk about the developer, uh, solo dev Bradley Lovell. Um, he's just a gameplay engineer based in, in the States who has done a few Lunum Dares, uh, is a Unity dev, and published this game pretty much solo, as I understand, on Steam. So, hell of an accomplishment for, for this developer, from my perspective. Yeah, for sure. It's a great, I don't know, it's just a, a great scope of what you can do as one person. Like, obviously, trying to create something like The Witness by yourself never be able to do it but uh something what you have right here uh perfectly scoped i think for one person to chew it out yeah absolutely the second thing i want to talk about is the witness both of us have played the witness and it's kind of funny to me that we're playing and um you know discussing this game on our podcast before we discuss the witness on our podcast (laughs) although we did discuss it offline a long long time ago if I recall correctly. The Witness is always one of those games where like, we should redo that game and do it as a podcast because in the uh, two or three years before we started recording the podcasts, we still did this, uh, we still met and talked just as a sort of in-person or uh, just book club for fun sort of thing. 
Then we eventually started recording them and putting it on the podcast you're hearing now. Uh, but The Witness was one of those earlier games we discussed and one we're always trying to get back to. Yeah, and not only that, but I think it's it's worth probably it's it's probably worth it for us to recap in brief our feelings or at least our current feelings about the witness just so we're going in with with that context right Mm -hmm. and i'll start if you don't mind um to my mind and i think i i retain this feeling from when we had our discussion about it years ago is i liked the witness for several things its aesthetics the iterations of its puzzles its um sense of place sense of history that it had throughout its island and sort of some of the you know quote unquote world building that it did but man, oh man, did it go way too far up its own ass for my taste. <laughs> um, and uh, I think that's exactly the tact that this satirist, Bradley Lovell, took when, you know, skewering this game, for lack of a better word. He just realized that exact feeling that I had and went whole hog in making fun of uh, love or uh, making fun of uh, Jay Blow for it. And uh, I appreciate that. Oh, I agree with that. Um, I mean, my own feelings on The Witness, I loved the game. I actually did like the philosophical mumbo-jumbo sort of stuff. I mean, um, (laughs) the game was very much... I did not. (laughs) It wasn't an action game at all, so I felt like it leaned into that. It's like, oh, you're hanging out here between puzzles. Here's a cool quote from somebody. And yeah, I tried to make it seem transcendental and everything. Um you know, I'm sure we're going to recast on the witness and talk about this again, but I felt like it was all towards a higher purpose. It wasn't like a collection of quotes that you would read on like someone's Facebook page or something like that. Like it led somewhere. I mean, if you say so, but that's exactly what it felt like to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Um, but yeah, one of the things the witness did that uh, the looker also does is it has these uh, recordings that you can click on and it gives you a little a uh, little bit of speech, a little bit of philosophizing or something like that. Uh, they're tape recorders in the witness, but in the looker, they are small mazes that just have a start and an end right next to each other so instead of clicking (laughs) you just draw a line there that's actually how it does its options menu too if you go to the options menu if you want to save your game you have to draw something from the start to the end next to save all ui is start to end yeah it's uh they they commit to the bit in the biggest possible way in this game literally everything is a line drawing interaction uh, even as you said, those those hint things, and uh, whether it's uh, a maze panel or the most baroque maze in the entire game, or just go from start to end or S to E or what have you, um, they that is how you interact in this world. I, I mean, you know, they commit to the bit. I'll give them that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the bit's strong enough to sustain them for ninety minutes. Although they do kind of lose it at the end a little bit. We'll talk uh, by the hedge maze. We'll talk about that later on, though. Indeed. Yeah. So to your point about the hint buttons, I think with some of the initial things that this game does that are so funny are some of the, the hint recordings, ah. um, <laughs> the, the, the hint, the actual hint button, quote unquote, that you find is just complete pablum. He just says, you can do it. You're I close. believe in you. <laughs> <laughs> but then you go around the corner by the dumpster and you see a bunch of empty liquor bottles and you see, the old hint button. The film noir <laughs> hint button. I'll tell you this. When life hauls off and hits me square in the speaker, I don't get mad and I don't give up. 
over many nights of thinking hard and drinking hard, up till the morning lighting one cup of joe with a smoldering butt of the last slug of rum. This is what I learned. Yeah, he's just basically like a, a worn-out detective. And man, this, I have to say, like the, the audio for the detective hint button is some of my favorite. It's it's fantastic. It's got a good bass line <laughs> in the back, which, if I remember the credits correctly, is uh, Creative Commons Zero, which means you can use it in the podcast all you want. <laughs> That's right. I think all, most of the stuff in here is. Um, well, of course, you know, it's a free game by a solo dev. So, yeah, kudos to that. Um, you'll be hearing a lot of that during this. Um, there were some really interesting, just some of those recordings, though, um, just really stand out. There, there was one, I think there's a couple of favorite ones I have. One of them was like, I was born many lifetimes ago and I've spent a lifetime <laughs> searching for used car deals and then the the guitarist comes in <laughs> these car, these trucks are tougher than a drunk marine <laughs> <laughs> mike's used trucks for trucks that get the job done <laughs> yeah i think i'm gonna open the podcast with that to be honest <laughs> <laughs> i can't think of a better thing to do it uh, there's another one. It was like some long convoluted parable. And then the, he spends the second half of the recording being like, and uh, the seagull in here is um, Stephen Hawking. <laughs> and <laughs> capitalism is the cockroach he's responding to or something like that. It was just. Um, anyway, what was I saying? <laughs> no, there, there's so many good ones like that. Like instead of all of those, like. Uh, highfalutin, I'll use that word once again, um, you know, YouTube clips of philosophical essays or something like that. They just like do what starts off as a philosophical point and they're like, yes, uh, Gravity's Rainbow by Thomas Pynchon. Hmm. Um, and, and then they're like, I, I don't know. I, I don't want to just like repeat jokes in this in this game because uh, you know we we fall risk of just repeating jokes when we're talking about a, a parody game. Oh, there but... were such great jokes. Okay, no, cut that <laughs> off. I, I'll skip telling that joke. Yeah, there there were really good jokes here. Um, you know, there, there's only so much we can do without just straight repeating jokes. And, and for what it's worth, this is a a game that is staggeringly short and incredibly dense with hilarity. So. It's worth it just to play this, if or if not, you have played The Witness. Um, you will get a, a giggle out of it. So it's not just the recordings you can listen to in this game. There are also the puzzle panels. That's right. Yeah, so this game starts off, as, as you mentioned, Josh, um, with some very simple sort of start-to-end mazes. But you quickly realize that they're leaving some space around the edges. And uh, <laughs> perhaps you don't necessarily need to obey the rules of the maze. Perhaps you can go outside the bounds of the maze and just go around the outside and go from the start to the end without doing the maze in the middle. Oh, yeah. Like like I mentioned, this game tries to do the kind of uh, the mechanical progression that the witness did and the witness did so well. So you start off in that initial tunnel and that first panel, I think, is just start and end. Uh, start and end and you draw a line from one to the other and then the next one it's start and end but this time there's like a tunnel between them and you have to you you just you still connect them um i actually found this out you don't actually have to have your mouse button held down the entire time uh you just have to draw um you have to you draw in a red line and you just have to have a continuous red line even if you do that over multiple mo mouse strokes which makes the game a lot easier once i figured that bit out uh 
so you get the increasing complication. Now there's lines you have to, you, you learn you can't go through the lines. The red doesn't go through the lines. And then on the next panel, you have to turn left when you go through the <laughs> tunnel in order to get to the end. So it's like, okay, they're doing that same thing that the witness did with increasing things, but they're also having fun with it too. They're like, okay, what's the dumbest thing we can do to make this uh, more complicated? And then as Brian says, for the first maybe 20 puzzles you do in this game, you can just draw outside the entire maze. Uh, you don't need to go through it and play its game at all. You can just skip all of it, which is, I think, a very... Uh, I don't know. That seems like a spoiler right there that you can do that, but it's a I mean, funny it's, joke. No, it's it's well observed. It's like you know what 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 are we bounded by here exactly? Like <clears throat> we're talking about children's placemat mazes. Um, <laughs> getting from <laughs> getting from start to end is the goal, um, and you're subverting the the rules of the game because you're an adult. Um, <laughs> I, I think that's I think that's clever the way they did that. Um, there's there's starts to become some interesting iterations on this though right like i think my one of my favorite ones is the beep guy um, <laughs> where you, you find one that's just a start and there's no ending point so what happens is as you start to draw the line you hear a very faint beep beep it's just a guy saying beep and he starts getting more and more urgent he goes beep 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 beep, beep. beep. Beep, you're so close. Beep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. You're, you're right there. You're right there. <laughs> and so you're like sort of <clears throat> echolocating where the actual endpoint is. And eventually you do get it. And it's just, it's funny, uh, you know, how exasperated the beeper is. Um, and there's lots of funny ones like that. Uh, you know, we, we could talk about a few of our favorites, but I think um, that the whole rest of the game is rife with these sort of clever iterations on it. And they're very sarcastic takes on the same thing that the witness was doing, which is iterating on a single puzzle type. Another interesting thing that the looker and the witness both did, um, there's actually like a twist you discover in the puzzle mechanics, um, famously in the witness in some parts, uh, but in the looker as well. Um, when you learn that you don't, you don't just need to connect start with end. You can also connect S with E, which makes sense when you see it just as the panel, but then there's a locked door you haven't been able to get into. And what you need to do is connect the S's to the E's in that uh, puzzle, and then that opens the door for you. So I think it was like a the twist. No trespassing or something like that. And then if you connect the S with the E in no trespassing, it opens the door. <laughs> it works well it works well it, it like fits with the idea of the puzzles teaching you something as you're going through it yeah it, it really does and like that's i think where this game succeeds the most in my mind is like yes it's satire yes it's taking the piss out of um the witness but also it's coming up with legitimately clever ideas all of its own mm -hmm. and you know i think that to me is this game's secret trick you know it's one thing to just like make fun of something and say, hey, look at this, this sucks, and then do it, uh, then you're just doing the shitty thing. But if you do it and iterate on it and make it interesting while making fun of it, you know, <laughs> see, that's, that's the magic stuff right there. <laughs> see, I take it, you know, the way I see that 
is it's making fun of the kind of like the mood or the theme or the pretentiousness of the witness, but it is definitely like it really enjoys the puzzles of the witness more so than the attitude of it because all of the amazing things that the witness did, not necessarily all of them, but um, it's paying homage to it with like the increasing difficulty in the puzzle panels. It's the, uh, the twist, the thing you learn doing one puzzle that you applied to somewhere else. And now you're like, aha, now I know how to get past here. Uh, Really interesting for me to see that. Yeah, and you know, like it's very clear that this developer is speaking directly to Jonathan Blow. I don't know if you noticed this, but there's a note on the second floor of the the castle that you're in um, that says "To uh, JB with Candor, the management." Huh? You know, I basically, that. yeah. And there's like a heart on the, the note, so very clearly, like this this developer is you know addressing this directly to Jonathan Blow <laughs> and saying like yes i love what you're doing but seriously take a look at what the fuck you're doing <laughs> now there there are some good parts too like um you you call this the uh, kids play da- or placemat uh, maze sort of thing like you get in the restaurants there's one point where you open up a treasure chest and there it is <laughs> the uh, captain scurvy's crab shack or whatever it is <laughs> I love that part. And you have like, to it, solve it, the maze in order to get past it. <laughs> I honestly love it because it was such a buildup. Like most of the the first, you know, for what it's worth, you emerge out of the, the tunnel, uh, Allah the Witness, into a castle courtyard. And you spend the first portion of this game sort of navigating the first floor of the castle, um, connecting all of the the lines via the, the panel puzzles that we talked about. And then Finally, you get to a point where you got all three of the major lines going into this treasure chest that's been right in front of you since you started the game, and it opens up very slowly and dramatically. And what's in there but the kids' placemat puzzle? (laughs) 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 It's just so funny. Um, You know, I I really like how they take this moment of, like, this moment of uh, gravity and just, like, completely subvert it. It's really well-done satire. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then by the time you open that up, you've been up into the observatory tower where you find the only other actual puzzle in the game with <laughs> the um, different polygons uh, with the different numbers of sides that they have. So there's like mm. the four-sided polygon, the six-sided, all of that. And you have no idea what to do with them. Um, but after you open that treasure chest, you go out into the hedge maze, which, of course, haha, it's a maze, too. Um, but you solve that, you get through to the uh, middle of it, and you find a book that teaches you how to solve the polygon maze, much like you'd see in The Witness itself. Right, yeah, there there is actually, like, a, more than one, but at least one, like, legitimate puzzle where you're taking information from across the the world and bringing it to another place and using it to solve a, a pretty compl- complicated puzzle. Um, and this is, like, the last puzzle of this admittedly very short game, but it was a head-scratcher for me for a little bit there. And Second um, to last. Yeah, sec- <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> we'll talk about the last puzzle, too, don't you worry. <laughs> right, yes. Um, but, but it's really good, but I, I think... In the run-up to that, there's so many hilarious little moments there, like the one where um, you're asked to 
draw a puzzle from S to E freeform and oh. you get like a, a critic <laughs> telling you how to draw. It's like, uh, more loops. Uh, need more loops here. Uh, less, I think less you're loops. trying to tell me something about <laughs> capitalism, but you need more loops. <laughs> what are we, the MoMA? We can afford more loops. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's good. And they have just like, yeah, that was a cl- really fun puzzle. Uh, some of the other clever ones I thought found, there was like the um, pirate ship one where you mm-hmm. draw uh, you draw a from start to f- end across a crosshair. And when you complete the maze, it shoots a cannon and you try to sink some ships. There's the first person shooter puzzler where it's like um, the targets coming out of you, like a shooting training range or something like that. Um, so really clever ideas they had with that. Oh, the chess one where your moves <laughs> like mirror chess pieces. Yes. All, all of these are quite good. And they're, you know, that, that to me is interesting. Like, while Jonathan Blow sort of contrived this like grid-based style of puzzle for The Witness and admittedly came up with just a crap ton of iterations on it that could only be done in video games, like The Looker goes to show you that even the humble placemat puzzle can be iterated upon in a variety of unique ways, (laughs) which, you know, I I appreciate that. Uh, I appreciate Mm -hmm. the fact that like, you know, clever people will do clever things when put in front of even a simple thing. Um, and you don't need fucking Socrates shouted in your ears via YouTube clips to make it meaningful. <laughs> <laughs> Man, Brian's got something against Socrates. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I, I've already, I'm on record saying that I think the witness is, uh, uh, what's the word here? Uh, pompous, overstated, and uh, a bit vacuous. But... At the end of the day, you know, Jonathan Blow made what Jonathan Blow made, and uh, Bradley Lovell made with he, what he made, and uh, personally, I appreciate the latter a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair enough. That's fair enough. Uh, there is one final puzzle that we should talk about in The Looker, which is the environmental puzzle you do to end the game. Now, for those that have not played The Witness, spoiler alerts for that too, but there's a really, really cool moment in there where you've been doing puzzles on panels the entire time, and you finally reach it to the top of the mountain that you've been trying to climb up this whole time, and there's um, a puzzle in front of you. You solve it. It's pretty easy. It's just like the squiggly line but the sign is right next to this waterfall and you look at that and you're like oh this waterfall looks exactly like this puzzle i wonder if i click here and it's a puzzle the entire environment around you is a puzzle too not just the panels there i'd call it like the signature moment of the witness or at least the one that sticks out the most for me it really is and what it does is it plays with your perspective right so it's all about where you're standing and allowing you to look at the scene a certain way and create what to you is perceptible as uh, the same type of grid style puzzle, or in this case, uh, with a looker, a placemat style puzzle, um, and then draw upon the actual <laughs> built environment of the game to solve it. It is a really cool trick. And to mm-hmm. your point, this is like the coolest thing The Witness did from my perspective. The Witness did a lot of cool things. I don't mean to like be super down on The Witness. I just am down on uh the pretension of jay blow personally <laughs> <laughs> that's fair that's fair but yeah this um we you 
reached this last puzzle and you have the S in the E. And I think Brian will appreciate the eventual shape you have to draw in order to do that. I fucking love this. What it does is it uh, starts as you're tracing the the shape on the overall um, path of the level. You hear the obelisk of knowledge, the stones of reflection. And then your character chimes in and he says, Oh, wait, it's just a giant cop. (laughs) Uh, So what it is revealed is you've drawn a giant penis. Um. (laughs) You know, as you do on placemats and whatnot. It's really funny. And, uh, you know, that's where credits cut in and and the game is over at that point. Um, You know, it's brief. It's hilarious. It ends on arguably the best joke of the game. Um. (laughs) Oh, uh, it still has the ending video. Oh, yeah, you're right. (laughs) So those who made it to the true ending of The Witness uh, would see the FMV um, portion where, you know, you see, I guess, the developer, Jonathan Blow, walking around his uh, apartment and drawing and using, you know, unable to not see the puzzles in the real world. Mm -hmm. Um, This game also iterates on that in a funny way where they have just this clearly woke up, hungover guy saying, ah, what's this? Particle physics, nerd shit. Uh, now, <laughs> ah, maze games. There's a real book, <laughs> and it definitely plays off of that uh, witness video too. Like, um, he he pets some coins, and he's like, "Good coins. Nothing bad will ever happen to you." Which is calling out to uh, the witness video, where they get like scattered aside or something like that. Uh, so, you know, just a good way to end it too. Good call out to that video. I mean, one of the darker things and one of the more arguably mean things this game does is you see the piss jars, you know, uh, Jonathan Blow was mercilessly made fun of for the the piss jars that made their appearance in that video. And in this uh, this game's ending cinematic, the protagonist just picks up one of those jars and takes a big old swig of it. Oh, I thought Um, it was Mountain Dew. (laughs) Yeah, not Mountain Dew. (laughs) What's the difference? But it's just lost a sponsor <laughs> possibility right there. Oh man! Sure, sure, yes, of course, our our many sponsors. Um, <laughs> but no, I think I think that ending cinematic is like yes, hilarious, but also mean. I think this game is interesting in that regard, in that it's not afraid to be mean. Um, you know, Jonathan Bull is a millionaire. This guy is a solo dev who, as I understand, when he was making this game, was just out of college. He has nothing worry, nothing to worry about. About uh, you know, he's punching up clearly, mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, uh, that to me is probably one of the marks of good satire is that it's not afraid to be a little bit sharp uh, and pointed in its criticism. So uh, that is definitely present here from my perspective. Interesting. I think my perspective of the game was that it was maybe less sharp than yours. Hmm. Well, maybe you just have to have the. Uh, the whole context there, Galecki. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I suppose that this is as good a point as any to see those differing views. Let's go over to some three-word reviews. All right, sounds good to me. My three-word review is more gaming satire. One thing about the video game medium that is often underappreciated is that it lends itself extremely well to absurdity. And as such, the opportunity to create spoofs and satires are ripe for the taking. 
The Looker succeeds not just by making fun of the Witness through well-observed jabs at its mechanics of the target work and the affects of its creator, but by being a fun and interesting puzzle game in its own right. For a game to be a successful parody, one of these things cannot exist without the other. Making fun of a game, movie, etc. for doing something bad or annoying and then doing the same thing in parody is just being a sarcastic copycat. But finding the core of what made a game succeed and then replicating or better yet iterating on that aspect and then still managing to take the piss out of it is a rare skill indeed. I'm impressed with that level has done here as a work of a solo game developer, but with regards to The Looker, I'm even more impressed with his abilities as a satirist. The Looker has me hoping to see more from this creator and realizing that I need to seek out more well-articulated video game satire, if such a thing exists. Oh, very nice, very nice. My three-word review is Don't Look Down. The Looker works well as both a thematic parody of The Witness and as a mechanical homage or even disciple. It has fun taking the structure of The Witness and taking it in different directions, repurposing meditative recordings as used car commercials, or allowing the player to cheat through early puzzles entirely. As much as it skewers what might have been called the pretentiousness of The Witness, it is not looking down on it. It works effectively as an homage by introducing additional puzzle complications bit by bit, even if those complications are purposefully simple, like turn left now. And it even includes the puzzle twist that you have to take with you to puzzles in different parts. Ending the game with an environmental puzzle, the calling card of The Witness, and then a goofy parody video was about the perfect way to end this short and sweet experience. Like the best homages, it made me want to dive into The Witness once again. I agree on many of those points, but I don't know that it made me want to play The Witness. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, I do want to play The Witness again at some point because uh, I do think it's an interesting game. But uh, we'll save that for another time. And with that, we want to say thanks for listening. And if you enjoyed this podcast, then feel free to share it with folks you think might enjoy it as well. And if you want to get in touch, drop us a note at pixelatedplaygrounds at gmail.com or contact us on Twitter or other social media at pixelplaypod. For us here at Pixelated Playgrounds, I'm Brian Skersha. I'm Josh Galecki. Take care and keep on looking. Uh, favorite joke, our favorite joke, one of the, one of the favorite jokes, um, was one of the um, fake quotations came from Italo Calvino's Invisible Cities. <laughs> yeah, I like that one too. It's like Invisible Cities too. This time it's visible. <laughs> I like the one where they were talking about gravity's rainbow, and they were like what if one of the people got red gravity and he was super fast and then another got blue gravity and they were (laughs) slow but really tough and then purple gravity girl came in and she had huge cans. (laughs) Thomas Pynchon, Gravity's Rainbow. (laughs) That was real good. Like, uh, yeah, I think there was... It wasn't just like the witness pretentiousness but just kind of like that I don't know if you want to call it more academic or whatever style where you're like, I'm referencing everything. Look at how many things I know. Um, Which, by the way, he still did by being by like, Invisible Cities 2.
<laughs> I mean, here's the thing is like, um, I think the word you're looking for here is professorial, right? Like, sure. this is a, yeah, Jay Blow sort of had this sort of professorial aura around him where, you know, he was, wanted to be viewed as uh, a high-minded thinker and wanted to imbue all of these smart things into his game. And like the way he decided to do that was intersperse a bunch of YouTube videos of physics PhD lectures into his puzzle game. Um, which to my mind is a little bit misguided. Mm -hmm. Um, if you want to portray interesting lessons about physics and the nature of the universe to players, you do it like the outer fucking wilds did Ah. not the way that the witness does it. (laughs) Oh, different, different styles, different games for sure. I'd wonder if you played it again, would you, um, would you still listen to the recordings? No, I would look up. I would look up summaries. <laughs> you know, I just don't have that kind of time. You know, well, I think the it's, recordings I think, I th- don't tell you anything for the game, though. Well, then, absolutely not. Uh, okay. No, I, I, I would not. Like, here's here's the thing about the witness is like, I think it's doing really good and interesting things with a, a lot of its aspects. You know, the like I said, the um, and again, I'm, I'm talking about a game that I haven't played in five, seven years. I don't know how long it's been since we played that game. But from my memory, um, interesting from an aesthetic perspective, interesting from a design perspective, interesting, obviously, from a mechanical and puzzle design perspective. But like, why all of the window dressing with philosophy and all of that bullshit? And why is it delivered so terribly? Uh-huh. Like, you're a, clearly a smart individual, J. Blow. Why are you forcing me to watch YouTube videos and a minimized window while I'm trying to do your cool puzzle game? Just... Uh-huh let's separate these two things or find a more elegant way to integrate them. Mm -hmm. Uh, Fair enough. Fair enough. One of the things we didn't talk about was how the environment that this game puts you into really calls out or calls back to the witness as well. Like there's that initial tunnel that you go into, which by the way, if you're low on health, you can go back there for a health kit pickup that is completely (laughs) useless. Um, I I like how you, you can turn around and get them ammo and health kit. With the sound effects, good sound effects call outs right there. Yeah, a little but, boss music. Yeah, sure. Yeah, you have the you have the little tunnel there, and then you go out, and you're in this courtyard, and it's really like there's even that gate made of light that was in the witness. Uh, very mm-hmm. much like if you've played the witness before, this is something you'll instantly recognize. So it does a very strong job of getting the aesthetic of the witness down. Oh, yeah. It has the same sort of painterly courtyard castle situation. It has uh, a lot of the same artistic, you know, callbacks to your point. And I, I don't know. I mean, you're you're buying a game called The Looker that has very similar key art in Steam and it's free. Like, I think you know what you're getting yourself into. Can but we talk about what a great name done. that is? The Looker? <laughs> yeah it is a good name <laughs> the witness versus the looker is funny <laughs> um <laughs> i want to say that this game was a very good length as well like i feel if th- this game would not have benefited from being another hour long and i think the developer might have realized it too that's why he started putting the non-mazed based puzzle in there as well at by the, uh the last like kind of panel puzzle you solve is not just start to end but it has those polygons in there he's like oh man i'm gonna have to come up with like normal puzzles if we keep on going so kudos to the developer for getting in saying what you wanted to say and getting out i totally agree with this and to your point about like 
there are places in this game where clearly they could have made you dwell on things a little longer. Uh, there's all of those arcade cabinets where there are opportunities to, you know, have you continue to play games, continue to iterate through levels within those games. Um, they just let them say their thing and get out. And uh, I guess the most important thing in satire, in comedy, is that brevity is the soul of wit. I thought you were going to say it was Cox. <laughs> <laughs> that too. Cox. Very important. 